<laughs> today, today we wrap up this series called Who We Are. This is Hydrant. This is Hydrant. It's who we are. We started with this, with a message about connecting. And we talked about how it's the lack of connection that often leads to the worst moments in our lives. That lack of connection that leads us to fill our life with something that just makes us feel better for a moment. It's our lack of connection that, that isolates us and then leads us into the dark places in our minds. It leads us into our worst decisions. It leads into addiction. It leads into distraction, thumbing through social media for what turns out to be hours, only leaving us feeling worse. It's connection that is the remedy. In fact, they're showing more and more that the opposite of addiction is not sobriety, but connection. Connection. You can go back and look at that message, but what we need more than anything is a connection with God. But as we connect with God, it it, it gives us an identity and allows us to connect with others, to find that meaning and that purpose in life, to allow us to be who we were created to be. But connection is not enough. Occasionally, connecting with God or other people is not enough. We need to be filled. We need God to fill us with His Spirit in this way that just fills us to overflowing so that we're not in this constant cycle of empty and refreshed, empty and refreshed, empty and refreshed. God said that in Jesus that He can fill us in such a way that it's as if a river flows out of us, that we become this overflowing presence into the lives of others. We believe that as we connect and learn to stay connected to him, that he fills us with grace and truth. But that's not enough. A Christianity that remains about me and Jesus and some personal piety is not Christianity. It has to overflow. It has to overflow. If it is about me and Jesus, if it's about us and Jesus and gathering into this place, and if it's about what happens in these walls, it's not Christianity. It has to connect. It has to fill. It has to overflow because what Jesus invites us to is not some escape this world, go to heaven one day religion. When he preached, he didn't talk about getting saved from your sins and going to heaven. He talked about the kingdom of God being near. He talked about a revolution, a whole other way of being in this world that was learning to fight with different weapons, learning to engage the world in a different way that wasn't through power and manipulation, but through love. Okay, some of my old time church people, you got to help me out. This is a good place to say amen. I know you'll help me. Yeah. Somebody, this is a place. It's okay. I know we got a lot of folks who aren't old time church people. Some of us, you may be in church for the first time in a long time, and we are glad you're here. You guys help me. I need to know. I need to know you're with me. So, um, anyway, the kingdom of God. Jesus begins to talk about this kingdom. He talks about it in his most well-known sermon in Matthew 5 through 7, known as the Sermon on the Mount. And there he starts talking about the poor. He starts talking about those who hunger and thirst after righteousness. Talked about those who mourn, the meek, the peacemakers, the merciful, the pure in heart, and even the persecuted. And in the kingdom of God, they are called blessed. We're called to to lay down our weapons. We're called to love our enemies, not just our friends. We're called to lay down our lives for the people that Jesus cared about. He invites us into a revolution. It was never just about me and Jesus and my grace and my faith. 
In fact, if we look in Ephesians chapter 2, 8 and 9, Ephesians is a letter from a man named Paul. Paul spent a good part of his life trying to kill Christians and then had an encounter with Jesus and he became the greatest missionary the world has known, planting churches all over the place and then writing letters back to them to encourage them. In Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9, if you want to look it up, you can. Just start in the middle and start working your way toward the back. You'll find it. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9. He basically tells us, you're saved by grace through faith. And not any of your own works, so you can't boast. But that's where a lot of times we stop. Verse 9 says, you've been saved for this purpose. To do the good works that were created for you to do. From the beginning, from before you were born, before you knew Jesus, God had good works for you to do. Your faith is meant to overflow. It's meant to make a difference in your home, in your workplace, in your community. If the church doesn't make a difference in the city that it's in, it's not the church. We are called to more. We enter into this mission, to this kingdom by by loving our neighbors and enemies, by taking care of the sick, the helpless, the hungry, and the thirsty. It has to overflow. Sometimes it looks a little bit crazy because, well, that's who we are. Friday night, we had a room full of people who were celebrating the life and the stories and the transformation that we saw in in Michael Herring's life. And there were all kinds of stories. And from what I'm told, lots of people had stories that they didn't feel like you could share in church. (laughs) That's probably most of our lives. But there was a story about a moment when he encountered God at Hydra Church. He was baptized. His life began to change. They say he was a different person. But the crazy thing is it wasn't just about Michael and Jesus because somebody else stood up and they said, you know, what was crazy is we'd be around the pool getting drunk on Friday nights and he'd be talking about Jesus. Life takes time to change. He's talking about Jesus and she said, get up to go make another drink and I come back and he'd be gone. And there's a little card about Hydrant Church. And for weeks and months, he would talk about Hydrant Church and what God was doing there. And he'd he'd have his Bible and talk about what he was learning. It was this crazy thing happening in this person I used to party with every week. And finally, I came. And when she came, and she would tell you this story, she, she came and she was in service. And afterwards, she tried to tell me everything that was wrong in her life and, and, and tell, get me to tell her to stop coming. And I said, man, I'm so glad you're here. Whatever you need, let me know. We've since baptized our whole family, regular part of who we are. And God used Michael, whose life was broken in pieces and starting to come together, who battled certain struggles all his life. But he overflowed. It came out of this connection with Jesus, but it didn't just stay between him and Jesus. It wasn't just about him singing a song, not just about him coming into a worship. It wasn't just about him going to church. It was about something that was so radically different in him that he had to tell somebody else. And it overflowed from there. In fact, if it doesn't overflow, it's not Christianity. It's not hydrant. We find Jesus at the end of his his time on earth, his very last moment, he's spending it with his closest friends and followers, and he says something to them. We find it in Acts chapter 1, beginning at verse 7, and we'll read a little bit from here in Acts, and so you can turn there if you'd like. Again, 
You have Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John in the New Testament. Then you have Acts. It's written by the same guy who wrote the book of Luke. It's kind of this continuation of the Jesus story. It says that Jesus said to them, It's not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority for Jesus to come back is what he's talking about. He's coming back. He said, you don't need to know when it is. You're never going to know. He says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. After he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes and a cloud hid him from their sight. Here's what it says. They were looking intently up into the sky. When suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them. Men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand here looking into the sky? The same Jesus has been taken from you into heaven. He'll come back in the same way you've seen him go into heaven. And so they're told to go and wait. So they go and wait in Jerusalem for 10 days, and they're all in the same place. And we find in Acts chapter 2, right at the beginning, it says, When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place, and suddenly, like, like the sound of a blowing and violent wind came from heaven. And you're meant to remember that story, to remember the story of the broken bones coming together and coming to life. And that same wind blows through and fills the house. And that same spirit fills Every one of them in that room. And they began to spill out of that room and they speak in tongues. And Peter gets up and he preaches. And everybody thinks he's crazy and he's drunk. He was crazy but not drunk. And he begins to preach and people begin to follow. And they start to form this group of people who who are followers of Jesus. Followers of the way there in Jerusalem. And as we get to the end of chapter 2, we find this little group of people in their regular practices. And it says in verse 42 this, They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and they ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. It made me think about three different kinds of Christians and three different kinds of churches as I, as I looked at these passages in, early chapter, in, in the early chapters of Acts. And the first is this group of Christians, group of churches that are standing looking to the sky. Right? It's those who's like, it's about me and Jesus, Jesus saved me and I can't wait to get out of this place and get to heaven one day. Right? Like I just, I just look around the world, it's all broken, it's all messed up, it's all terrible, we can't do anything about it, we don't need to take care of the earth, we don't need to worry about anything, it's all going away, just get me to heaven. And they're staring, waiting. And they're so heavenly minded, they're no good to anybody on earth. And there are voices who are calling out, What are you doing staring to the sky? He told you you're not going to know when he comes back. Go get to work. He taught you to pray. He taught you to pray. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Not your will be done in heaven as it is in heaven. He taught us to pray. Your kingdom come, your will be done. 
And he didn't teach us to pray anything he didn't expect us to work on. We don't pray for anything we're not willing to work on. So we pray your kingdom come and your will be done. And then we get off of our knees and we get up and we start to do the work of his will being done on earth and his kingdom being here. I mean, after all, every message Jesus preached was the kingdom of God is near. Not like up there somewhere. Don't stare at the sky. Friday night I was talking to a couple afterwards and they had, they're from Goldsboro and they were, saw what's happened here as we shut down Goldsboro Wesleyan and restarted and I started to tell them the story because they asked and I, and I said, we looked around at all the other churches and she interrupted me and said, they're dying. They're all dying. And I was like, well, that's not what I was going to say because they're not all dying. But statistically, 80% of churches are staring up at the sky and they know earthly good to anybody around them. 80% are declining in America. They're connecting to God and that's it. There's no filling, there's no overflow. They're like, God, you save us, get us out of here. And that's all they're waiting on. And they're wondering what's going wrong, wondering what's not working, but all they can see is heaven. And when they look around them, all they do is complain and whine and proclaim judgment on people who don't know Jesus because they expect them to act like they do. And they're, and they're in decline and they're broken. And it's because they connected and that's where they stopped. But then there's another group of churches, another group of Christians who, who connected and are starting to fill. And they're growing. And we see this story, this phase of the church and in uh, the latter part of Acts chapter 2 that we read, and, and there's, there's growth. First, there's growth in the truth. They paid attention to the apostles' teaching, and they were growing. They, they knew and understood more of who he was, and it's so important. And then they grew in unity as they ate together and took care of each other's needs. And they, and they were bonded together in this, this purpose and this connection to Jesus. But that, then they kept growing, and they grew in favor with their community. Can you imagine? The world around us, the people around us have an opinion of the church, and it's not favorable. And that's our fault. But here, they grew in favor with the community. They grew in favor with the community. It's what we're seeing start to happen here. But not only that, then God added to their numbers every day, and they grew in numbers. These are the churches that are growing, the people that are growing. There's adding to their life. They're adding truth. They're adding unity. They're adding favor. They're even growing in numbers. And it's a beautiful, wonderful thing. It's wonderful when it happens in our lives. It's wonderful when it happens in our churches. Statistically, about 16% of churches are adding. They're growing. They're seeing new things happen. They're filled and filling Filling up their building. But listen, if we fill this room once or twice or three times or ten times in a week, we're not the church if that's where it stops. If it's about us coming in here and filling up and feeling good, that's not who we're meant to be. If we grow in truth until we have these spiritual fatheads and know a lot and do nothing, that's not what we're supposed to do either. If it ends at filling, it's not the church. If it's just about me coming here and filling up, if it's just about what happens in me, then it's not Christianity. Christianity was given a mission by Jesus in his very last moments here physically. Do you remember what we read? The Spirit will come on you, 
and you will be my witnesses when I fill you, and you're going to go into Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. If it's not leaving the building, it's not Christianity. It's not hydrant. It's not who we are meant to be. And we can never settle for that. But it happens. It happens to all of us. We have such an emphasis on growing. Bigger is better in America. And so we get focused there and it's good and it's a necessary part. But you look at this church, this is the crazy thing. At the end of chapter 2, all the way through chapter 7, the only churches are in Jerusalem. The first disciples heard Jesus give them the message, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth, and they stayed in Jerusalem. They stayed home. They stayed where they thought it was safe and comfortable and easy and what they knew. So they just kept gathering together. They just kept growing in unity and in favor and in numbers, and that was it. So what's Jesus do? Acts chapter 8 verse 1 says a great persecution broke out. And all of the Christians except for the apostles had to leave Jerusalem for fear. You know where they went? Judea and Samaria. (laughs) He'll let us be persecuted to get us to go where we're supposed to go. He'll let us shrink. He'll let us hurt. He'll let us go through whatever we have to go through to get us to answer this call. We have to go Beyond these walls. It's what these new shirts are about. It's the reminder that Hydrant doesn't exist for Hydrant. It doesn't exist for our worship, our numbers, bank accounts, which by the way are tiny. All of that doesn't matter. Hydrant has to love Goldsboro to be Hydrant. But not just Goldsboro. North Carolina and beyond. We are called to a mission that starts here but emanates from here to everywhere else. If it doesn't do that, it's not hydrant. God is pushing our church outside of the walls to love and to serve and to share with others what we have experienced. And it's not Christianity until it overflows. So what does that mean? Hydrant, we want to give practical ways, practical, useful ways for us to overflow. It starts here. We've got to take care of one another. We see it in scripture. The disciples were known for their love and the way they loved one another. And so we're starting something brand new um, that starts this week. It's called Dollar Club. There are all kinds of dollar clubs, dollar shave club, dollar whatever. I mean, you better just stop. (laughs) All kinds of dollar clubs. So we're having a hydrant dollar club. We're asking people to commit $1 a month, $12, $1 a month that will go into a separate fund to meet the needs of people in our church, people who are a part of the Hydrant family. We have not been able to meet financial needs except in special occasions. We've stepped up to do fundraisers to help with the cost of cancer treatment. We've done minor things. We operate a food pantry and all that's useful, but there are times when we should be taking care of the needs of one another. And so this is one of the ways we're going to do that. We're asking everyone to consider $12 over the next year that will go into a fund. You can give it at once. You can give more than 12. That's fine. But we're going to put it into a separate fund. We have a team of leaders. And when there's a need that comes up, when you share with us, we'll do our best to meet it. No, we can't meet every need in the church. But we're going to do our best to meet the needs that we can, when we can, how we can. 
You know, there's about 200 people, 220 that call Hydra home. If we all commit to this, what, 200 bucks a month to be able to help meet needs, $2,400 plus over the next year to meet needs within our church, car repairs, food needs, that, that occasional electric bill that we just ran out of money with, whatever it is, we'll be able to help one another with Dollar Club. The second thing is, you're going to have an opportunity today in just a few minutes to sign up to serve. Maybe you slipped through the cracks, you came to a coffee with the pastors, but you weren't ready to sign up. Maybe you're, you're coming to one next week and you'll have that opportunity. But we want to give us a chance to serve here because it makes a difference. You can sign up. First contact is one of the great ways. Listen, most people who stay at Hydrant stay because of that team out there of people in red shirts who make sure we know how much we're loved. Not because there's good preaching, not because the musicians are fantastic or even the kids ministry is fantastic. It's because people remember our name. People let us know how much we care. Do you know there are people almost every week who talk to me about those guys and women and teenagers who stand out there waving Mickey Mouse hands and that meant something to them? There are people who drive by that for a year, and finally when they're ready, they come in here because of that act of service, that act of love. And we're going to take care of each other. We're going to take care of our kids. You can sign up for kids' ministry. Yes, we will background check you and interview and make sure that you are ready and able to work among our kids because safety is a priority for us. Our teenagers, there's cookies. We need cookies. We need people who help distribute cookies. We give homemade cookies every week. You know what? It is one of the most loving things. It seems silly, and it seems small, but when someone took the time to make a homemade cookie for you, like, did, what, what's this love more than that? That's amazing. Yeah, right. That is love. So this is my... You can sign up for cookies, sign up for work in our food pantry. We operate a food pantry um, every month that serves 30 to 40 families and meets needs and meets needs throughout the week, the rest of the month, as we help those who, who need that in different ways and times, because we've all needed it in ways and times. So that's our Jerusalem right here. And then our Judea is Goldsboro. Hydrant loves Goldsboro. It starts with a food pantry. You can sign up to be a part of food pantry. We'll have different times where you can give and help to meet the needs of food pantry. The second thing we're doing is partnering this year. We're bringing in different organizations from Goldsboro that do the good work of meeting needs and making a difference, and we're going to have opportunities to partner with them. We don't have to reinvent the wheel. We don't have to figure out everything good. We don't have to run every program. We need to partner with the people who are already doing it. So over the next month, once a month, there'll be people who come in and share about their organization, and you'll have an opportunity that week to volunteer. It doesn't cost a penny. You just come and, and lend your energy and your time and your love to the work of that mission, or you'll have an opportunity to give. So let me give you an example. In November, we have Laundry of Love coming. It's an organization that once a month, takes over one of uh, the laundromats and washes clothes for the homeless in our community and those in need in our community. And so we're going to have them here on the 17th, and you can volunteer on November 18th to help wash clothes, play with kids, be there and help make that happen. And we'll do a quarter shower over the next three weeks where people can bring quarters. You can find a quarter in your car, in your couch seat, steal it from your kid's piggy bank. I don't care. <laughs> Bring quarters, 
to help fund that washing. If you want to bring laundry detergent, you'll be able to do that. We're going to, we're going to be working with WPA, Four Day Movement, Habitat for Humanity, and, a, and a, a dozen over the course of the year working to love on Goldsboro in tangible ways. Not everybody can do all of them, but we can all do something. We can all let our faith overflow, our love overflow in service and our kingdom. And here's what I love. This stuff happens all the time, and you just don't know it. Because we just kind of decided as Hydrant Church, we don't take pictures of it and post it everywhere. Nobody needs to know. We just go do it. So he told us to do. Don't let your, your left hand see what your right hand's doing. We don't need any credit. We give it all to these organizations and just go and serve and make a difference for Jesus' name, for Jesus' sake, not for our own. But it can't stop there. It's not just about Jerusalem and Judea. It's about Samaria. It's got to go beyond. So what do we do? We partner in North Carolina. We, we are currently working with four churches in North Carolina to help them turn around from the 80% toward the 16% toward one day being the 4% that multiply. So we coach pastors, we consult with churches, we've already started bringing churches in to begin to see how to do ministry in a way that makes a difference in people's lives, and we're going to continue to do that, but we're going to take it a step further, because it's not just about hydrant, it's about the kingdom of God multiplying, so in 2020, we're going to help sponsor the the starting of three house churches in Durham, North Carolina. We're going to come along. They need. They have a building that they need to renovate to do children's and youth ministry. It's going to cost about seven grand. We're going to pay for that. We'll talk about how later, but we're going to pay for that. And we're going to come along and help with other resources they need in 2020 so that by the fall of 2021, they're ready to launch. Because it's not just about hydrant. It's got to go into Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria, and it's got to keep going. So we're going to keep going. It's not just about North Carolina. It's not just about church planting. It's not about us at all. It's got to keep going, and it's Rethink Small. Rethink Small is a conference happening here that we're hosting, sponsoring, make happen January 24th and 25th. Many of you have heard about this. You've been asking, when do I sign up to help? When do I sign up to help? You sign up today. We'll have in just a minute, we'll have some cars where you can sign up, but Rethink Small, we have churches coming. As of right now, I've heard from people in Kansas, Tennessee, Kentucky, Ohio, Indiana, Virginia, North Carolina, South Carolina, who plan to be here learning about how to do small church well. We have speakers from all over who are doing small church well, making a difference in lives, seeing people's lives transform, seeing people baptized, seeing people become disciples, seeing people multiply. We're gathering leaders, we're gathering people, and we're investing in the churches all around, all around our country and beyond so that we can see God's kingdom multiply. We were given a mission Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and beyond. We were given a mission, Goldsboro, North Carolina, and beyond. It's our call. We are not hydrant if we don't answer the call. It's not who we're meant to be. It's not faith if it does not go beyond this place. We have to be the church that connects and fills and overflows. Just as much as we need to be that as his followers people who connect with him, who are filled by his grace and truth and overflow, whether it's sitting by the pool, whether it's 
in the coffee shop, whether it's at work, whether it's in our home. We have to be the people overflowing with the gospel. So Anita's going to help me. Scott's going to help me. They're going to pass out some cards. Can I have one of them real quick? So on these cards, one side says Goldsboro loves, or Hydrant loves Goldsboro. Hydrant loves Goldsboro. We're working on having some decals for your vehicle made, so you can put that on there as well. But Hydrant loves Goldsboro. And here's the ways. Starts with Dollar Club. So you can write your name and your email and your phone number on here, and you can circle Dollar Club. If you'll commit $1 a month, 12 bucks over the next year, $1. Then you can sign up to serve. Maybe you've slipped through the cracks. Maybe you're ready. Maybe it's your first time. If it's your first time, don't feel obligated to fill this out. Just hand it to the next person. Or you can. But circle a way that you want to serve. First contact, audiovisual, cookies, kids, youth, food pantry. And we will put that team leader in touch with you in the next two weeks to help you be able to serve, become a part of the mission to make a difference in other people's lives. And then the third is Rethink Small. If you could commit to be a part of serving during that event, you can serve just on Friday night. You can serve just on Saturday or you can sign up to serve both. We'll have t-shirts for those who will serve, some other benefits. Food trucks will be here for lunch that day. You won't even have to leave. It's going to be an amazing weekend that you want to be a part of. And you can sign up to make a difference beyond just Goldsboro, beyond just North Carolina. But in the lives of churches and people you'll never know and never know that you had an impact on for the sake of Jesus. So what you can do is fill this out. There's pens in the chairs. There's pens out in the cafe. You can drop this off at the cafe store. You can drop it off at the coffee bar. You can drop it off at the connect bar. Basically any bar out there in the cafe. You can drop it off there. It'll get to us and we'll get back with you in the next two weeks about how you can get involved in Goldsboro Loves Hydrant. The other thing you can do is stop by the cafe store and pick up a t-shirt. They're 15 bucks and, um, and that just pretty much just covers our costs on them. And we can keep being who we're supposed to be because this is Hydrant. Hydrant is not about us. It's not about this building. It's not about this property. It's about being who God calls us to be on the mission, a part of the revolution, a part of real transformation in our community and beyond. We will answer the call. We will live into our vision when this happens. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for every person in this place, every person who is a guest, a tender, a partner with who we are as Hydrant Church. We thank you for what you've done in this place in the last six years, and we look forward to celebrating that tonight with, with great pork and fun and all of the joy that comes with being together. But God, all of that stuff doesn't matter if we don't answer your call, if we don't join in this revolution that you have ignited to give us our humanity back, to give us back to one another, to, to transform all of creation. You said in Colossians that you were reconciling the entire cosmos to yourself. And so we pray your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, and empower us to help answer that prayer. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. It's an honor to worship with you. Five o'clock tonight, we'll see you back. Enjoy a homemade cookie. Have a great afternoon.